You're listening to a message from Christian Life Ministries in Coventry, a dynamic, growing church in the heart of the nation. We pray that God will speak to you through this word and impact your life for His glory. Family, and it's my privilege today to open the Word of God. And uh, for the last few weeks, as Martin touched upon, we've been looking at the issue of finance and giving. And today, we're, we're definitely going to be changing direction today. Uh, so we're going to be looking at some verses in Luke 11. So if you have a Bible, why don't you turn with me to Luke 11? And we're going to read the first 10 verses. They're going to come up on the screen as well. And I'll read them for us. It says, One day Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. He said to them, When you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us. And lead us not into temptation. Then Jesus said to them, Suppose you have a friend, and you go to him at midnight and say, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine on a journey has come to me, and I have no food to offer him. And suppose the one inside answers, Don't bother me. The door is already locked, and my children and I are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you bread because of friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity, or some of the translations will say because of your persistence, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks, the door will be opened." And this is the word of the Lord. And we can say thanks be to God. So you've probably gathered from these verses that for these next few moments together, I'm going to talk to us today about the subject of prayer and the importance of prayer in our lives. And sometimes we can come to these type of messages and maybe in general as a church, we can think to ourselves, well, yeah, I know I need to pray. I know prayer is important in my life, but, but sometimes with the busyness and the schedule of life, we don't always find time for it. Oh, and sometimes it can feel a bit awkward when we hear these messages, thinking, yeah, I know I need to pray. Tell me something I don't know. Yeah? I know that it's something that I should be doing. But my aim today is not to convict you, maybe a little bit, but, but not to convict you, but rather to say and inspire us today and say that we can be a people that pray and actually enjoy it, and actually be passionate about prayer. I believe that anyone can pray. Does anyone else believe that? I believe anyone can pray. In fact, I would even go as far as to say this. I believe anyone can be powerful in the place place of prayer. I really believe that. You see, when I read my Bible... I see no limitation on who can pray. Sometimes we can think, oh, well, you know, there are certain people who are prayers in the church, you know. If there's something wrong, get the prayers out. You know, that's their, that's their job, that's their role. You know, and I do understand that some people feel called to be intercessors, you know, to pray, to pray through, for breakthrough and, thing, and certain things and certain issues. But actually, I believe that we can all pray. In 1 Corinthians 12, Paul is writing to the church at Corinth and he's talking about the different gifts of the Spirit And he names all these different gifts between verses 4 and verses 11. And then he rounds it up and he says, these gifts are distributed just as the Spirit determines. Which kind of infers that all these gifts, some some people will have a grace in their lives to operate in, in them and some people may not. So basically there's an inference that there's some limitation as to who will use certain gifts. 
But you all will be pleased to know that in that list, prayer is not mentioned. Which means that prayer is something that we can all engage in. We can all engage it in this. You know, when we read the beginning of the book of Acts, we get an insight into the lifestyle of the early church. And in Acts 2 verse 42, some very familiar verses to us, it talks about the lifestyle of these early believers and what they were devoted to. And they were devoted to four things. It says, firstly, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. They devoted themselves to prayer. You see, this Christ-centered community that had just been formed, this called-out community, were devoted to prayer. Men and women were praying. Now, I can go through a number of different verses and go, this, says you, this verse says you need to pray. You need to pray because of this. But you need to pray because the Bible says it. And I will reference some of those verses. But it also comes down to this as well. We all have our own journey to go on when it comes to prayer. We all have to go on a journey ourselves. And it will look different for different people. See, my own journey with prayer is an amazing one. I remember when I first came to CLM uh, just over four years ago now. You know, I was a new Christian. I'd just given my life to Jesus, and it was great. It was exciting. It was new. I was reading the Word. I was getting involved in community. I was in a life group. Things were amazing. I was loving it. It was great. But I found it hard to pray. I don't know. I just found it quite difficult to talk to God. That, That idea that I have to talk to God, it wasn't something that actually come natural to me. I found it hard to get motivated, both in private and in prayer meetings and church meetings. See, I wanted to express how I felt to God, but I felt a bit nervous. I felt a bit self-conscious about the people around me. You know, I was coming to church services on a Sunday and people here on a Sunday were lifting up their hands, praising God, you know, praying powerfully. And, And there's me like this. Sometimes I might do this. But I was just so self-conscious of myself. I was like, oh, I want to express, but, but I don't want to draw attention to myself. But actually, doing this probably draw more attention to me than doing that. And I just felt a little bit uncomfortable. It wasn't something, like I said, that, that I really felt, I, felt I, was, I, was, I, was, I probably felt like I didn't have a grace on my life to do it. And I remember even coming to prayer meetings as well. And coming to some of our prayer meetings in the week for prayer and fasting. And um, it, was, it was great. I really enjoyed it. But I was like, Wow. Some of these people, they can pray. I was like, wow. I mean, some, I'd say, some of our African prayers, guys, you can pray. I was like, wow. They were saying so many words in one sentence. I was like, wow. I was like, these are long prayers using these amazing words like, Lord, we magnify you. Lord, 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 give us eyes to see. Like these amazing, powerful prayers. And then people are praying in tongues. And I'm like, oh, I don't know how to pray in tongues. I got a little bit, I would say maybe a little bit overwhelmed at times. And I started thinking, you know what, maybe this prayer thing is going to be one of my weaker points. Maybe it's just not going to be something that I'm going to be you know, strong in as a disciple. You know, I was loving being a follower of Jesus, but I just kind of was holding back a little bit. But church, to understand this, I had to go on a bit of a journey. I had to go on a journey. And I'm pleased to say that with some patience, with some faith to step out, and being willing to learn, some things changed. Now, I believe my own testimony suggests that what I said earlier, anyone can be a powerful prayer. Anyone can be powerful in the place of prayer. And I want to give us just three points that will help us maybe on this journey, some biblical principles, but also three things that have actually helped me in my life. And then I'll probably give us some practical tips at the end as well, just to help us as to take a next step. So three points I want to make. The first point I want to say is this, prayer generates growth. 
prayer generates growth. I believe that we will all grow spiritually when we decide to commit to a life of prayer. Yeah, when I look at the life of Jesus, I would say that we see someone whose ministry was powered through prayer. Going back to our original text, Luke 11, verse 1, it says, One day, Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us how to pray. Just, it's amazing. In all the four Gospels, this is the only time that the disciples or a disciple specifically comes to Jesus and says, Will you teach us this? I find that really amazing. In all the four Gospels, that's the only time that we see this. And you've got to remember, by this time in Luke 11, in the chapter, Jesus has already done some amazing things around the disciples. He's already raised the dead. He's already healed the sick. He's fed 5,000 with hardly any food. He's calmed the storm. And I find it that the first thing that that they would say to him, in, in terms of specifically asking for them to be taught something, would be, Lord, teach us how to pray. You know, I I probably would have said, Lord, you know that thing you did with the water and the wine? Teach me how to do that, you know. People will be impressed with that if I can turn water into wine. I I could probably make a little bit of money out of it as well, you know. (laughs) Sorry, that's my Indian side coming through. (laughs) Sorry, it's the tan, I've got more Indian. (laughs) But no, teach us how to pray. My opinion here is that maybe, just maybe... After spending some time with Jesus, these disciples realized, actually, the reason for his growth in his ministry, the reason why he's, he's getting so popular and he's doing these amazing miracles is that actually there's a link to his prayer life. There's a link to prayer and him doing these amazing things. See, it's in the place of prayer where we receive the empowerment to do what God has called us to do. To make disciples, to serve God. And even things such as that we sometimes take for granted, to be an amazing wife or, or an amazing husband. Um, to be a parent, to, 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 to stand out in our schools and universities, to flourish in our jobs. It is in the place of prayer where we get that empowerment to do that. And if we want to make an impact in our, in our city or the world around us, I believe we need to tap into this power source through prayer. We need to tap into the power source that is God in the place of prayer. I remember when I first joined here on staff as well two years ago at CLM. As, as I said, I was, I was struggling with prayer generally, and I, I still kind of was even when I joined staff, and I was really excited to be joining you know, on full-time here. It was a privilege. It was an honor. I thanked God for, that, for this opportunity. And I remember thinking, you know, I really want to grow now. You know? I really want to grow in God. This is my opportunity. You know, I'm going to be around people I can learn from. It's going to be a great step up for me now. And, and I thought, yeah, I'm gonna, I want to make an impact for God. I was really stirred bearing in mind that I'm still struggling with this issue of prayer but I'm like no one needs to know that that's fine so I'm continuing to to have this passion to make an impact and I remember speaking to Pastor Martin about it when I first joined uh, on staff and I said Martin I want to grow I want to make an impact I I, want to win people for Jesus I want to do amazing things for God and he said yeah you want to grow you want to make an impact you want to be a man of God I was like yeah I want to be a man of God he goes fine he says you need to learn how to pray and I was like, I was not expecting that answer. I was like, oh, I thought, he was gonna, I thought it was going to be easier than that. I thought he was going to say, John, it's fine. Just keep spending time in the presence of me and Pastor Esther. And eventually, you know, the anointing will just come upon you. You'll start to do amazing things. You know, you know sometimes you know, when we want to get fit, we think, if I just be around people that are getting fit, maybe I'll just get fit as well. If I, just, if I stand around big people, maybe I'll get big as well. 
But who knows, you've got to put some work in. You've actually got to do something. You've got to be intentional about doing something. And I thought, oh, okay, well, I've got, to, I've got to do something about this. I've got to deal with this in my life. I've got to, if I'm going to grow, then I need to do it. And I started to motivate myself to pray, even though it was difficult, even though I felt like I didn't want to do it, but I did it anyway. So I started praying in the, in the private place, in my, in, my, in, my, in my house, in my living room, or in my bedroom. You see, the way I was walking and talking to God, the way I pray is this. I, I like to walk a lot. I like to walk around. You've probably seen on the pulpit, I walk quite a bit. Um, but that for me is just how, how I work. I, I enjoy moving. So I, I talk to God when I'm walking and I just started to make a regular habit. I made a holy habit of talking to God. I'd say, I'm just going to say this, make a holy habit of getting into a place of praying with God. And I was talking to God, I was walking and sometimes I didn't know what to say, but I kept doing it anyway. I just decided I'm going to commit to this. I'm going to keep praying. I was, I was praying in the Spirit, even though um, I found it hard at first to get going. I thought, I'm going to commit to praying in the Holy Spirit, praying in tongues. I just want to say, if you've not started praying in tongues yet, or you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit, come and see our prayer ministry team at the end of the service, and they'll, they'll help you, and they'll, they'll pray with you to be filled with the Spirit and to pray in tongues. And, and I was doing all this stuff, and amazingly, the more I started to pray, the more God started to use me. The more that God started to use me, I started to make an impact. And I didn't know what was happening at first. You know, I, I remember praying, God, I want to I lead people to you. I, I want to lead people to Jesus. And then literally as I started this season of praying, I remember a, a young man came to this church and he, came, he literally said, came, came into the church and he says, I need to get my life right with Jesus. I want to give my life to Jesus. And I led him to Jesus. I, I remember as I was praying as well, I was praying, God, use me in the gifts of the Spirit. And as I was praying, I, was, I, was, I started to have the confidence, you know, the, the, the ability to want to just prophesy over people, just speaking words of encouragement over people. And people were coming back to me saying, wow, that word you gave me, it was so spot on. But there's no coincidence that all this started to happen as I changed my prayer life, as I started to do something in the place of prayer. You see as well, and I'm not trying to big myself up in this. Please catch my heart. I'm not trying to big myself. Say, Look at me, I, I changed prayer, my prayer life and everything happened. Um, catch my heart in this. You know. But people around me started to notice a change as well. People around me, they're saying to me, John, you're growing. You're growing. And now I know they didn't mean in relation to my height because I've been about five foot nothing now for about 15 years. <laughs> So I know they weren't talking about my height, but they were saying, you're growing. And, and I remember um, people saying to me, John, what's so happened? What's happened in this short space of time? Why, how come you've grown so much? And, and I remember, just, I want you to just take this away with you. You know, my, my growth as a disciple, my growth as a disciple is a direct result of me changing my prayer life. It's a direct result of me doing something about my prayer life because now I was continually connected to the power source. I was connected to him. You know, I often just pray. You know, when I'm praying, I say, God, Lord, would you empower me with your Holy Spirit to make an impact? Lord, to bring Jesus into a broken world. Lord, would you come, Lord, and give me inspiration, Lord. Lord, let, let me not hold back, Lord. Let, let me, give me, an, give me a, an audacity, Lord, to believe that through me, Lord. Give me faith to believe that, God, you can do amazing things. That in the, in the power of your Holy Spirit, God, your kingdom can come through me. Now, I often do that, and you know, I become more sensitive to the, to the voice of the Holy Spirit, leading me into certain places, leading me, wanting to talk to certain people, wanting to pray for people. You know, as a church, it's important that we do pray. You know, when you read the book of Acts, I don't think there's any coincidence that as the early church um, started to grow, it was in accordance with them continuing to be, to be a prayerful church and they were powered by the Holy Spirit. I don't think there's any coincidence that they were praying and they were growing. 
I think there's, there's a reason for that. You know, the, the great Charles Spurgeon, who is probably recognized as one of the greatest preachers um, ever to have been in the UK, you know, he's, he's up there with the best of them. And uh, about 150 years ago, he led a church in London called uh, the Metropolitan Tab- uh, Tabernacle. This church, it seated 5,000, and uh, another 1,000 could stand. 6,000 people capacity uh, ch- uh, church, and they were packing it out every week. Every week, people were coming to, to hear Charles Spurgeon preach because he preached with an anointing. Um, and they were, they were continually having week meetings in the week and on the weekend, multiple meetings, having great success. And uh, D.L. Moody, who, was, who was, came a bit after um, Charles Spurgeon, but he actually still got the opportunity to meet with Charles Spurgeon. D.L. Moody, he's the, um, you probably heard of him as well. He's a, a famous evangelist from America. And um, he heard Charles Spurgeon preach. And people asked D.L. Moody after Charles Spurgeon passed away. They said to him, they said, you heard the great Charles Spurgeon preach, didn't you? They said, wow, that must have been absolutely amazing. I bet that was impactful. He said, you know what? He said, yeah, I did hear him preach. But even better than that, I heard Charles Spurgeon pray. And he says, when Charles Spurgeon prayed, it was like God entered the room. He prayed, and I found this an amazing thing. He prayed like he actually believed God was real. He prayed like he believed God was real. And the success that um, Charles Spurgeon had as the leader of the Metropolitan Tabernacle, um, he would always attribute that to to, to the church being prayerful. There were a group of people um, who were Christians who came to visit the church that Charles Spurgeon was at, and um, they said, look, what's the secret to your success? Why is your church thriving? What is happening? He said, come, I'll show you. And he takes them into the church, and he takes them down some stairs, and they're walking down these stairs, and uh, he opens this door into this basement room, this big basement room, and he goes, come and have a look. And they go in this room, and in that room, there's a hundred people in there with their hands in the air, with tears streaming down their eyes, calling out to God praying to God and Charles he he turned around to this group of people and he said this is the secret to our success he says we are a church that prays he said this is the powerhouse behind our church and you know as I said the early Acts community 2,000 years ago were a praying church and they grew and then 150 years ago Charles Spurgeon in the Metropolitan Tabernacle was, you know, were a praying church and they grew and they had success. And I don't think the mandate's changed. I think today in this church, we need to be a church that is prayerful. If we're going to make an impact, if we're going to bring Jesus, if, we're gonna, if we want to grow, if we want to see souls won, if we want to see miracles, if we want to see the miraculous, we have to be a church that, that is praying. We have to be a church that prays. See, prayer, it generates growth. Secondly, prayer brings breakthrough. See, prayer is a way that we can receive breakthrough in our lives and in other people's lives as well. I find it amazing that through the mystery of prayer, just through presenting our requests to God, situations can change. That we can influence our world with our prayers. You know, all we need to do is ask Going back to our text, verses 9 to 10, Jesus encourages us. He says, ask, seek, and knock, and the door will be open to you. you know, in my own personal life, I've learned over time that through prayer and petitioning, God can change situations that look like they would never change. 
relational issues, employment, family issues, even strongholds in my thinking. You know, sometimes I've had you know, strongholds in the way that I think. Some of you will know this. I preached about this before Christmas, um, the, the walls of Jericho. And I talked about that I used to have a lack of confidence. But on this journey that I've been going on as a, a, in prayer, I learned the benefits of prayer with fasting. I thought, what happens? When I, when I pray and I fast, God seems to move. God seems to change things personally in my life. And I don't know what it is, but, but fasting quickens it. There's something about fasting that just, it seems to just you know, heighten my sense of the presence of God around me. But prayer and fasting, it brought breakthrough in my life. I, you know, I now have this new level of confidence, which I never thought I would get. But now because I decided to pray and fast, God brought breakthrough in my life. Another thing I used to have issues with was worry. I remember family members saying to me often, oh, oh John, bless him. You know, years ago when I was quite young, they said, oh, John, bless him. He's a worrier. He worries about everything. You know, I, I used to worry about so much. I used to worry about, about my school studies. I used to worry about my job. I used to worry about my finance, my health, my family. I used to worry when I didn't have anything to worry about. You know, if I had nothing to worry about, I was worried that I had nothing to worry about. I, you know, I was just always anxious, always feeling scared about, about the future. What might happen? What about this? What about that? But you know, when I decided... To, to commit myself to prayer, I started to realize that God doesn't call me to live a life of worry. I'm not here to be anxious, but instead, I'm going to pray. You know, God's word says this in Philippians 4, verses 6 to 7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. You know, I will often pray that scripture over my life. I will pray that scripture. And we can receive that word and go, oh yes, yes, you know, yeah, don't be anxious. Yeah, I receive that word in the name of Jesus. But actually, Paul is giving us an instruction. Paul is actually saying, don't be anxious, but pray. We need to pray. You know, I felt like I had this on my heart to, to share with some people here today. Maybe some of you need to hear this. Your antidote to your anxiety is prayer. If you want breakthrough in the place of your anxiety, you need to start praying. You need to start praying to God. You see, when, when we pray, it says in, in those verses that the peace of God will come which transcends all understanding. You'll find peace when you pray. If you're anxious, you know, sometimes we can easily lose our peace, can't we? It can just be gone. Like, oh, you, know, you, you just find yourself in a bit, bit of a frantic mess sometimes because you've not prayed. But actually, the peace of God will come when we pray. Now, even recently, the Holy Spirit reminded me, stop worrying and start praying. I always need reminding of it, and the Holy Spirit is great at doing that at the right time. You know, being married, in the, getting married in, the la- in these last five weeks, it's been a bit of a whirlwind. I'll be honest, it's like a lot has been happening. I've had to organize many different things, trying to organize people getting here into England, people coming from abroad. You know, and there were so many things I had to think about, and I was getting anxious about it. You know, um, who's picking up the bridesmaids? Um, um, have the flowers turned up? Are there vases for the flowers? You know, who's taking you to the airport for your honeymoon? Have you arranged all this, John? Have you thought about this, John? Have you thought about that? You know, you know those uh, little things like decor. I never care about decor. I'm not a decor person. You know, but I, I got sick of decor. I, 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 I know, you know those little tea lighters, those little, um, little candles and cups. I, I want to say this, I hate them. 
I hate them. We, we, we didn't have enough on the Friday before the wedding, and it was like, oh, someone's got to go get more tea lighters. I was like, oh, my goodness. And then on, on top of this, Doris, my wife, my fiancé at the time, she's getting stressed as well. She's getting overwhelmed. She's getting anxious. So I'm trying to calm down, storm Doris. You know, it's like... <laughs> It's okay, she's not here. (laughs) I'll pay for it when I get home, though. And I was getting overwhelmed. I was like, oh my goodness. I was like, I "I can't deal with this. I can't deal. I'm losing my I was losing my peace. It was all it was all it was all kicking off. And then in that moment, it's like the Holy Spirit just put his finger on me. In the middle of it all, and said, John, stop stressing and start praying. Start praying. You know, it's so easy, isn't it? With the circumstances of life, they overwhelm us. And I started to pray. I was like, God, I don't know how to deal with all this. I don't know where to get these tea lighters from. I don't know where to, how I'm going to deal with, with getting these people from here to there and organizing this and that. You know, Lord, I don't know how to deal with Storm Doris either, but you know, you know what to do. You know, I was just bringing it all to him in prayer. And, you know, amazingly, in that moment, it's like the peace of God just came. I remind, it reminded me of who he was. And everything worked out fine. You know, it, it was all fine in the end. Everyone, everyone turned up. Everything came on time. You know, it, was, it, was, it, it ended up being a great day. But you see, I want, to, I want you to get this, church. When we pray, our perspective changes. When we pray, our perspective starts to change. Going back to our text, Jesus says that we should pray, give us each day our daily bread. You know, life has its anxieties, it has its troubles. You know, we can be stressing sometimes about, you know, putting food on the table, you know, um, be worried about our jobs, are our jobs safe? You know, am I doing okay? Is my family taken care of? You know, we can worry, are my kids all right? We can worry about all this stuff and we can be overwhelmed by many things. But we've got to remember, church, that God is our provider. God, his arm is not too short. He will provide. He is with us. We don't need to be overwhelmed because our God is a mighty God. Our God sees everything that's going on in our lives and he will see to it. He will see to it. He is the God of the immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine. You know, and additionally, I learned that when I'm wanting breakthrough in my life, you know, I can't just pray once and then just say, okay, that's it, I've prayed and we'll see what happens. I've got to keep praying. I've got to keep going through. I've got to keep praying when I want to break through. You know, we don't just start praying, but we keep on. When it, even when it seems like nothing is changing. You know, sometimes it requires persistence. I mentioned that earlier. You know, the, the, the parable that, was, that Jesus spoke about in the text we read, it talks about um, um, that we continue to bring our requests. It's, like, it's this idea that we're persistent in what we're asking. Ask, seek, find. Uh, no, ask, seek, knock. These are all active words, that, that, and then the door will be open to us. We keep on praying, refusing to lose heart, and we don't give up. And in preparing this message as well, I did also feel I had this word on my heart for maybe for someone here today as well. And I felt I need to say this, God hears you. God hears you when you pray. I don't know whether recently you've been doubting your faith, or you've been doubting, you know, when I'm praying, is anyone listening? I want to affirm today, God hears you. God hears you when you pray. Sometimes, in, when we come to pray for breakthrough and we want things to change in our lives, sometimes God takes us on a process. And we remember, we have to understand this, when we pray, we're praying that his will be done. It isn't just about us coming with a shopping list and saying, God, I want this, this, and this. No, we understand that. He knows what we need. 
He, he, he knows us, he knows what we need, but actually at the same time, it's his will be done. And sometimes he takes us on a process. I want to encourage you, don't stop praying. Keep praying because God hears you. He will reveal his plan to you. And my final point, thirdly, prayer involves intimacy. Prayer involves intimacy. I think for me, this was the main thing that I realized I was missing out on most of all when my prayer life was inconsistent. You see, what I really struggled with was motivation to pray. I was thinking, well, God knows me. He, he sees me. You know, at least I'm acknowledging God in my life. Now, that's enough. Now, that's okay. But the key thing that I was missing when I wasn't praying was intimacy with my heavenly Father. You know, Jesus says in our text, he says, when we pray, we can address God as Father. When we look at this, it's just an amazing statement when you think about it. See, never before had really the people of Israel ever referred to God as their personal father, but Jesus, he invites us to say father. The word for father there is Abba. It can mean we can actually call God our daddy. That's what it means. That's when you translate it. We can actually say Abba, father. And we can come in and address our God as our, like a personal father. Through Jesus, he has made this possible. You know, God does know about all about us. He knows what's happening in our lives. But he also wants us to know him as well. He also wants us to know him. It's about a relationship with him as well. It's all about relationship. You see, we can pray and we can say, God, change this. God, change this in my life. This is happening. I'm not happy. Change this. You know, I want this. I want that. But God isn't just a machine that you plug into and go, God, I come to you when I want something. Actually, God is someone that we have a relationship with. And when we say Father, we enter into that. When we say Abba, Father, he's a person that just delights in us being in his presence. You know, over these last few years, I've come to understand that I don't really need much more inspiration than that. I don't need much more motivation than that when it comes to prayer. When I pray to God as my Father, I know I'm in a safe place. I'm in the loving arms of my Father, and I can be real with him. I can tell him what's on my heart. I can be open and go, this is happening. This is how I'm feeling. I can confess my sins to him, knowing that in Christ Jesus, that if I confess my sins, my heavenly father will forgive me. I can come to him with confidence and a boldness. I can cry to him when I'm in anguish. Like Jesus on the Mountain of Olives in Luke 22. You know, knowing that the cross was before him, he prayed, Father, if you are willing, please, pray, please take this cup of suffering from me, but not my will, but your will be done. I've, I've paraphrased that slightly, but I find that amazing that Jesus, even, in, even him, with the relationship he had with God, the Son of God with the Father, that he could be real and say, God, take this away from me. Take this away from me, but not my will, but your will be done. It just shows something of the realness of a relationship we can have with God. See, my relationship with my natural father, has, has had its ups and downs, if I'm being honest. You know, probably like some of the people here with parents, it, it, things aren't always easy sometimes. And I want to I affirm today that I, I do love my natural father. I have a relationship with him. You know, I, I honor him. You know, I, I speak to him. But it has been a painful journey over the years. Um, you know, my parents split up when I was 16 years old, and it wasn't easy. There was some baggage, some emotional baggage that I took from that. Some things from the past which hadn't really quite healed. You know, breakups are always difficult. And I held on to a lot of bitterness and re resentment in my heart. And I admit that sometimes 
I didn't deal with it in the right way. I didn't really know how to deal with it. But church, as I started to see that God is my father, as I saw him as my father, I came to know this, and this was amazing for me, that my God, my father, does not let me down. He doesn't let us down. And I want to encourage you, church, as I start to, to round this up slightly now, that today when you pray, remember firstly that you are coming into the loving arms of a heavenly father who delights in you and who loves you for who you are. And he's going to continue to love you as well. But we have a privilege that we can come into his presence now because what Jesus has done on the cross means that we can come, we can enter straight in. And I want to encourage us, let's enter in on a regular basis. Let's spend time with our father. You know, before we finish in prayer, you know, I've just given you some pointers here as to you know, why it's important to pray. What, what, you know, what's the, why is it important to, be, to have a prayerful life? And I've gone through things in my own life and I've gone through some concepts as well. But actually, I want to give us just some practical advice. Maybe as a next step for some of us. You know, I don't know where everyone is here with, with the, um, the discipline of prayer in your life. You, you, know, you may be like, oh, I know where I am with it. I'm, it's fine. Some of you may be here and you know, you've never prayed. Some of you may be thinking, oh, I used to pray a lot, but now I've kind of stopped. It's fine. As I said, I'm not here to convict you. I want to inspire us today. And just, just three things that I want to share with you that might help you if whatever stage of the journey that you're on. Firstly, I want to say this. Make a commitment. Make a commitment that you're going to prioritize time with God, even if it's 10 minutes in the morning. You know, for me, it's 10 minutes. It's a, I, I will often spend 10 minutes in the morning just praying to God, walking, you know, talking to him as I, as I like to do. Or if it's in the evenings, whatever's easiest for you. But, but find, find that certain place. The word we just read, it said Jesus came from a certain place and prayed. Find that certain place where you can have intimacy with God. Secondly, pray with God's word. Pray with God's word. I understand that sometimes we can find it hard to know what to say to God. But actually, God's word is full of inspiration. I often will have my Bible open when I'm praying. Now I draw from the scriptures. You know what? You know what? It's powerful, church, especially when you're wanting breakthrough in an area of your life. Is I remind God of his promises. I pray back his promises from his word to him. And I say, Lord, your word says this. And I'm believing that in my life as well. It stirs faith in me when I pray. It stirs a new level of faith when I read God's word and repeat it back to him. Pray with God's word. And finally, pray with others. You know, prayer should be personal and it can be reflective and, and it can be quiet. It doesn't need to be long and, and you, know, long, you know, long words or anything like that. It can be, be quiet. That quiet place is a, is, is a really good thing to do. But also, it's good to pray with others. When we look at the Lord's Prayer, interestingly, Jesus addresses the disciples collectively to pray. He says, when you pray, he says, you know, he says forgive us our sins. Give us each day our daily bread. He's talking to them collectively as a group. This is how you should pray together. You know, when I pray with others, I learn how to pray. I've learned how to pray by being in the slipstream of some amazing people who know how to pray, who know how to storm the heavens. You know, I'm pleased to say that I can pray like an African now. <laughs> I love storming the heavens. And there's a time to be reflective, but there's also a time, you know, to agree in prayer with others. Pray for God to come through. Pray for God's will to, to be done. Pray for his kingdom to come. When we do that collectively, it's a powerful thing. We've got three days of prayer and fasting coming up this Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. And I want to just encourage you to get involved. Come along to these prayer meetings. 
Don't be a bystander. Don't say, well, I'll see if I can fit it in. Fit it in. Come, come and pray with some other people. Let's agree together on some things with God this, this week. And let's believe that God can do some amazing things in those prayer meetings. Let's come with a level of faith. Get involved. And as a final note, I just want to say that this topic of prayer, it's a huge topic. I, I could have gone at it with a number of different angles. I could have shared different testimonies and stories from books. But I hope that today has inspired you in some way to make you feel like, yeah, you know what? I want to, I want to do something about my prayer life if it's spoken to you today. Yeah, I want to respond to that. I want to respond to this today. Maybe it'll make you assess you know, where you are with this so that you can grasp hold of this amazing gift that God has given to all of us. As I said, anyone can pray. Anyone can pray. We just need to take a step and believe that in prayer, God can do amazing things in us and through us.